Hello there, I'm Travis Pepper. Here at Mentoring a Moron, my moron and I will take you with us on our educational journey as we discover new and exciting things to read, watch, listen to, and be inspired by. But we weren't particularly good at school, though we always tried our best, and to this day, we still get distracted. Like in this episode, where Luke considers a nude photo shoot, and I have some delusions over the significance of buying my first blender. If you're still not sure what you're listening to, maybe it will become clearer in the form of a song. If you sometimes feel like a moron, don't worry, we've got one too. Because we're not that clever, but we make it all up with our can-do attitude. So if you like a bit of banter with me and this old wanker, we've got just the thing for you. We've got lots of content and it won't make sense. It's the Travis Pepper Show. I'm going. I've made. I've taken a gamble on it. I've gone for it. That's um, brave. Oh, but I'm ready. I'm just taking a punt. Ready. Really? Yeah. We got three what, what things this week. Da- what makes you doubt uh, yourself? What makes me doubt myself? Mm. Um, you mainly. <laughs> 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 Mate, I I've been a nightmare this week because I mean, well, I said been a nightmare. I've just got myself confused with our foolproof code. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of let us down. I time mean, difference Travis, is an issue. Time difference is an issue, and you're obviously an hour ahead. Mm-hmm. And I thought we came up with a bulletproof plan where we refer to <laughs> we refer to we refer to German time as sausage time, and we yep. refer to English time as chips. So yeah. James is in fish and lives chips, in the yeah. land. I called you James. That's really bad. Travis lives in the land of. Um, Sausage and I. I haven't heard you call me. You haven't called me that in years. Odd, isn't it? When it slips out, I'm like, oh fuck. I don't like Um, it. Yeah, it's odd. Um, So we've we've got we've got into this habit whereby when we're recording the podcast, it's like, okay, what time do we want to record? Seven o'clock sausage which means six o'clock chips. Right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> to everybody listening, everyone's going like, yes, this sounds very foolproof. One has, <laughs> one's labelled, one's, the other one's labelled too. It's all fine, yeah. Yeah, but I've got my sausage and chips muddled up this week, big time. Like, I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said four o'clock sausage when, oh no, I didn't, what did I say? I've said four o'clock. Sausage when you meant yes. four o'clock. Clock, chips chips and yeah. i thought oh, i said four o'clock for. look at him being all nice and stuff he's he's considering my time you know he's he's considering sausage time instead of just thinking about his chips all the time uh but no <laughs> you, it, you just screwed up yeah big time but i told my colleague about okay. the uh the time zones <laughs> my, uh, okay one of the, uh, the very very german <laughs> leaders of one of our teams and he was uh i don't know he was helping me set something up on the computer and he's just like uh, you know, he's like, how's working from home? You know, one of those little catch ups and stuff. And okay. he was just like, uh, oh, is it, is it not easy keeping in touch with, uh, people in the UK? And I was like, yeah, we got a routine with one person particularly. And, uh, we, we, we stay on schedule with fish and chips time and sausage time. And he was like, ah, sausage time. Make sure you don't say that to, uh, certain people. <laughs> you might get the wrong idea. <laughs> fish and chips time and sausage time exactly. it works um, what did you say that you have you have a routine 
That's what you call this, your routine. Yeah. Well, we 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 talk on a Monday, we assign some homework, we we don't talk <laughs> that much during the week. We forget what we're meant to be doing. It all becomes a shambles and we try and pull it back together on a Monday. Yeah. Mate, a couple hours do you know, before. Yeah, sometimes we do we do talk a lot in the week sometimes. But sometimes we don't. I feel like this week we haven't spoken as much as we would usually do. Yeah, I know I just said we don't really talk that much of the week, but I realise I probably talk to you more than anyone. And then, <laughs> and then it's just the fact that we talk so much on a Monday night in comparison to what we text during the week. It's just like, it's like that graph you showed me uh, uh, today. We were like, oh, huge spike in all of our views on YouTube. But the graph is like really small. <laughs> yeah, I, you were like, it's a huge spike. I was like, it's really not a huge spike. I mean, for us, it is. It looks like a big yeah, spike on the thing. I mean, that's what I meant. I meant like, I'm happy for us. <laughs> in in, in context of what we achieve that it it, it was a big improvement but exactly i feel like it's no it's a very long way to go yeah it is a very long way to go so um yeah that's that's cool um what have you been up to then bro talking about not speaking to you i don't know what you've been doing in the last seven days well let me get my calendar up again um Uh oh what was it? Zoom has. Oh, so I'm getting um, I'm getting uh, what are they called? I'm getting invisible. Dude, I lost you there, by the way. So, Zoom, pooed on me. Ah, are we back? Oh, you're back now. Yeah, okay, sorry about that. Yeah. So I went and uh, I, I got my uh, I got my teeth scanned, which That's was cool. uh, which was quite interesting. They put a camera in your mouth to get like a 3D print out of your teeth, and uh, is that a thing? Yeah, and this camera, it's on a pole, and it's mm. suspiciously sized, um, if I'm perfectly honest. So I sat there <laughs> lying back whilst this very, very um, uh, attractive uh, nurse shoved this camera in my mouth. Well, I think she's attractive. Like, from the, there, from the eyes upwards, she was attractive, I guess, because I couldn't see the rest. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I saw a 3D um, um, print, a printout of my teeth on a screen and I was very concerned about how yellow they looked on the screen. And so oh. I, forgot, I got very self-conscious and I went to the bathroom and I was like, is it? Is it? And it's like, no, 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 no. It's just the cam- camera didn't have enough light or something in the mouth. So I was like, like, turn around and you're just like, oh, I wonder what my teeth look like. Oh, fuck. Jeez. <laughs> that's why I'm single. <laughs> oh man. Oh Jesus. But apart from that, they look quite nice. So that was quite exciting. That was quite interesting. I'll be upset when you lose the little gaps in your teeth. Get, I think it adds I think it adds to your Travis esque character. <laughs> the the little gaps in your teeth. They bring well, character. That's coming that's from you, little white smile and everything. So you've got you had braces. Did I did, you? correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I was gonna say I, I had I had braces perfect. the fr- <laughs> I'm definitely nowhere near perfect, my friend. Um, there, my my front two teeth were crossing. They were mm. um, my front two teeth were crossing, and then the dentists were like, "Ah, oh, if if they, if they keep growing, they're gonna like cause even more damage. So the best bet is to catch it now and pull the front two apart so that they yeah. don't continue to cross." I had little buck teeth, um, mm. like that. Does Bugs Bunny have buck teeth, or does he? 
I don't know why I'm Buck doing teeth. this as well with my fingers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah squid teeth. Understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you understand what I mean about me using my fingers. But yeah, I had crossing teeth. So the dentists were like, dentists, the orthodontist was like, we pull them apart. And then the bottom teeth were always kind of okay. And they were like, to be honest, you don't really need them. But if you're having top braces, you might as well have bottom ones as well. Um, <laughs> why? Why just well, throw the, buy one, get one free? Well, you know? If you're looking, if you if you've got metal in your mouth and you're looking all metally, you might as well get the job lot done. So I just yeah. like, yeah, fuck it, I love both. And you used to get little rubber bands on them with um, blue, yeah, yeah, like yeah. different coloured rubber to, bands. To like pull your, put, keep your jaw in the right place whilst it's shifting yeah. the teeth as well. Yeah. yeah, do you know what, mate? Like I, my jaw definitely, definitely changed when I got um, braces. Mm. Not that I'm any sort of stunner now. But I had some, <laughs> before you'd make this like some arrogant comment. I'm about to come out of how good looking I am. But um, mm-hmm. braces definitely gave me a jawline, like yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Um, where before I had a little round fat face, um, little Aww. like circular, yeah. I was a little round fat face, little kid with a little round fat face. I got like a bit of a jawline because where my jaw definitely moved with my braces. So braces we were win win all round. Can we get a before and after picture on the Instagram? Like uh, cool, round. Mate, I've got some fucking crackers as well. So that's some round face versus square face, Luke. Vote um, on your favourite. I went to prom with my braces and I've got some like awful photos of me smiling, just metal mouth. Really? Um, the bar, the barnet. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen, have you ever seen my uh, driver's license, Rod Stewart? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen yeah, Rod Stewart. The, yeah, <laughs> like, well, Barnet, the Barnet. Oh, Rod Stewart. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> the Barnet, the Barnet. For those that don't speak Cockney rhyming slang, it's Barnet Fair Hair. That's where Barnet comes from. Did you know? Mm, that? I think so. Barnet Fair Hair. I don't know. This is where you might that's be more where, of an extra expert than me. No, that's true. That's where mm. Barnet comes from. Barnet Fair is Cockney rhyming slang for hair. Oh, fair enough. That's where that's where but, the word Barnet comes from. But with. with Back on like prom photos, I just yeah. I think there's like a written rule, like an unwritten rule of the universe, where you're like no one's, no one's allowed like a good prom photo. Like no one, no one has ever shown me a prom photo and gone, look how good. Like us, I was slaying. Like I made all the yeah. correct decisions on this outfit or something like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. true. I don't think it's a, that, um, that actually. That said, there, there's there's this one photo that. Uh, it, uh, we took it, um, it wasn't prom, it was, uh, one of, I think it was our leavers ball, the one where you're actually 18 or something like that. And, um, our group of mates, the one that we always used to hang out with, the, the dorky, dorky nerdy group, um, <laughs> we, we weren't the most photogenic group of people. Oh God. <laughs> um, no, 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 this is, this, this story has a happy ending. Um, oh, good. but we, um, yeah, we took this photo and there's about, about, I think there's like 12, 14 of us. Can't remember. And I, I, the reason why I'm bringing this up, I noticed it. My mate has it in his, um, his room on his wall, this photo. And I noticed it when I visited him when we were in the UK. And it was like loads of different parallel universes overlapped in this one moment. And we were all photogenic. And we remember receiving the photo back and being like, this isn't us. We're not this good looking. Like, what the hell has happened here? And I know it was just one of our most awkward, awkward, awkward friends. He's a lovely, lovely guy, but he's, he's just struck this pose. It's like he turned to the camera and like dropped a smolder into the camera. And we just were like, 
what? This is the this Who is like are you? <laughs> this is this is the uh um, anime loving maths genius who's now like a big baller accountant with his with his specs and his suit and then just Do I know him? One no, I don't think you've met him, but at one moment he was like a Gucci model. One moment he was a Gucci model. Just, and that's all it takes, mate. You only need yeah. one moment to become a Gucci model. That's all it yeah, takes. Exactly. Mate. So we could We're still uh, waiting on our moment, but it's gonna happen. Talking yeah. This brings me on fantastically to something that's happened to me this week. Segway! Talking about uh, photos and modelling and photogenic and smouldering and all of these beautiful (laughs) things. Mm -hmm. I received a fantastic message this week and uh, got to share this with you. Okay. So... I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm obviously not gonna say who this has come from because I don't think there's any need to. But I got a message uh, on my Instagram on Wednesday at at 4:52 p.m. that says, "Hey Luke, I work for an adult website, and we're looking for." Strap <laughs> <laughs> <Check> yourself in. <laughs> okay. Adult website, and we're looking for models that would be interested in a professional photo shoot followed by a nude photo shoot. Mm-hmm. You'd be paid £1,800 in cash for the day and paid for your travel expenses. The shoot is in London, and they're now going ahead with COVID- COVID-19 measures in place. Let me know if you'd like more details. And what were the more be- details then? Well... Um, do you think I replied to him? Do you think I replied to him or do you think I ignored that message? <laughs> I want to think that you replied just to see yeah, what the extra details were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Of course I replied. <laughs> yes, I knew it. it. <laughs> so I said, hey, person. Um, hey, thanks person. For the me- <laughs> well, nice censorship. <laughs> hey person thanks for the message i have to say it's a bit random i could be interested but can i ask what the photos are going to be used for because if i'm going to get my cock and bollocks out and have them snapped i need to know where they're going right okay yeah yeah. (laughs) if you need to have your cock and bollocks out you need to know where they're going fair enough but to be fair times are hard at the moment so 1800 quid cash in hand Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. could be tempted you know i've done i've done worse for less put it that way um <laughs> yeah yeah I think, yeah okay yeah fair enough yeah <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you there yeah uh, um so he said hey bud it's fairly straightforward what happens is we set up a casting call <laughs> so, so, <laughs> <laughs> we set up a casting call to discuss everything uh once you've spoken with them you'd be invited in you'd be there for about an hour and a half and on average it's 100 to 150 pictures taken 100 to 150 photos these Depending on how ugly diff- you are, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah, 10 if it's me. Um, these <laughs> would be in, te- in 10 different outfits, i.e. football gear. So they're going to dress you up. <laughs> I'm just imagining <laughs> you with like, um, you know, those cheesy photo shoots where it's just like someone in tennis gear with a tennis racket, just like you just striking a pose and everything. Yeah, I could see this. Well, mate, you're talking about cheesy poses. The the he sent me a link, and obviously I'll carry on reading the message. But he sent me a link, and the cover image for the link is a guy in football astroturfs, not boots, with socks pulled up, a football shirt and shorts on. He's sitting on his bum 
with the football balanced on his foot whilst tensing his biceps. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if I can show you any of these photos or not. I don't. Um, probably can I, not. Can I? Can I? Um, can I reference the link so people can look at this website if they want to? Or I don't know. Is that not allowed as well? Well, I, d- I, d- I don't know. Like, would we technically be advertising pornography? I don't know. But I'm anyway, it's okay. It says these would be in different outfits, i.e., football gear. Then you slowly strip off whilst the pictures are taken, and then the last few you are completely naked. They may also talk about work for our sister site too. Cash in hand, travel expenses paid for. Um, I don't know what the sister site do. I haven't got that far. So he said, no real names are used, and the nude pictures aren't for the public, only for paying members. Um, non-downloadable too. Let me know if you want any more info, bro. And what do you mean non-downloadable? To... Everything's downloadable. What a load of bullshit. Well, he sent me to a site uh, that obviously I'm not going to say because you've told me not to. Um, you've made an account. <laughs> but no, I haven't made an account. Like I'm flicking through the photos now and they're just awful, man. It's mm. just... It's so bad. I mean, obviously, I can't see the nude ones because I'm not a paying mm. member. But I get, I can, I can see. And that's not within the show. Shorts. That's not within the show's budget, to be honest. I don't think we can afford that. Yeah. Um, but people are obviously going for this, man. People are obviously doing it. Um, okay. So I replied saying, "Thanks for sending that through, mate. It's interesting to look at the site. I've never heard of it before. I do have a couple of concerns, if you don't mind me asking." First first one is around COVID. I'm trying to stay socially distanced and wear a mask when I'm out. Do you think it would be appropriate to wear a mask for this shoot? A naked <laughs> guy with a mask on might be weird, but it could be very relatable for new times we're living in and send a message to your customer base that you're putting safety first <laughs> during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm just, imagining, I'm just imagining you getting there. And uh, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we've got a mask for you. And it's just like this. <laughs> they just hand you a gimp mask or something like that. <laughs> well, he, he, he came back to say, hey, Luke, ha ha, I like your thinking, but they're completely following COVID measures and there would only be yourself and the photographer in the room. He'll be wearing a face covering and will still be keeping his distance. Let me know if you're keen to go forward and we can set up a call. Um, to which Sweet. I'll be honest. At that point, I didn't reply. Um, I thought I would leave it there. Um, but yeah, I Wait, was invited you, to. Yeah, you should have you organised the call and this could have been the call. Yeah, that could have been very true. I was going to go back and start talking about my tiny left testicle and I was going to say, like, see if that... Um, Has an appeal. See if I could play a lot of that. But yeah, I, I started to just feel like uh, I kind of don't want to get myself too caught into this web. But, you know, look. If anyone's if anyone is interested in it, if there's any lads listening that um, fancy eighteen hundred quid in cash, looking at the modelling website, you don't have to be any kind of stunner. Um, hence <laughs> probably why. Hence probably why they've contacted me. So, if anyone's looking for eighteen hundred quid, let me know and uh, we'll set you up with these guys. That's fair enough. Well, it's a shame. It's a shame you didn't go ahead with it because we could have got him to uh, review Shoe Dog for us. Um, yeah, well, you mean get him on, get him on the podcast. Yeah, he could, he could have done a review as well. So you should have said, uh, "I'll do the shoot," but what you need to do is you need to read this book and <laughs> tell me about Come it when I podcast. call you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we could have, we could have done. We're doing that next week as well. What's the crack with that? That's, that's I, the plan. Do I need to get my my arse in gear? 
Yeah, yeah, you do. This is why I reminded you during this week that we, yeah. we have... Basically, someone's got in touch, um, an author who has uh, released a book, and we are going to, hopefully, if we all coordination goes right, uh, get them on the show next week. Um, but in order to do that, Luke needs to read the book. So, um, uh, For yeah. all of you avid listeners that know how much I love... Fictional books. This is a fictional book. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to go Mate. super well. But to be fair, we've already told them that, you know, I, I've already said, disclaimer, Luke's an asshole and he doesn't like fiction. And <laughs> Did you actually say that? <laughs> well, you have access oh. to the <laughs> Instagram. You could have, uh, you yeah. can see this. Uh, um, and, and she basically was like, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. Um, Do I have to have a little meeting with you beforehand for you to kind of uh, explain what I can and can't do? Yeah, I've already got notes written down. Right. Yeah. Because we we should do that at some point, I think. Yeah. So... I think... And we'll read all the rules out at the beginning, and so then we can keep a tally as we go. Yeah. Because I, I want to obviously read it and I want to be honest, but I just feel like we should like definitely say that my voice isn't the one that should be listened to. I think you should take the lead on it because I'm not going to give it a fair representation, am I? That's the problem. Don't know. I haven't read it. You might fall in love with it. Maybe I will fall in love with it, but it's it's almost like saying it's almost like saying if 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 you meet somebody that says I don't like opera music, and then you take them to the opera, you're only going to get so far. Does that make sense? It's kind True. of like with me by saying I don't like fictional books. Then you make me read a fictional book. That's How many fine. fictional books it. have you read? I'll, I'll come to the opera. I've read all the Harry Potters. Eh. Never right. I, I read Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code. I read Dan Brown's Angels and Demons. And I read all the Mister Men when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's good. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, so you won't have to read Mr. Tickle when it finally comes up then? Yeah, well, that's the thing as well. Mr. Tickle now isn't going to come up this week because this week we should be doing the book spinner. Yeah. But, but we're going to be doing, doing this. The book spinner. I yeah, think instead. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how you'll do. I'm excited to see how she'll do on the ha. podcast as well. So to be honest, this is a big, uh, just like a social experiment for me um, to watch this unfold. So... Don't worry, no, guys. But, uh, I'll be moderating. So, I I think know. that we. Oh, I just don't want to come across like a moron. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. And I know that. This don't worry. You've had plenty that. of opportunities to not come across of a course. moron before, and but alas. And this is my next one. Yeah. So this week, my man, we've got loads to talk about. Yeah, we've got loads to talk about, and I'm super so we excited get to. We should get stuck in. Where are we going to go first? Where are we going to go? Should we do Shoe Dog first? Because that's the one that's uh, been on the radar for the longest. And then, uh, so we're going to, today we're going to be reviewing uh, Shoe Dog, uh, the autobiography by Phil Knight. We're going to be doing Extinction the Facts, presented by David Attenborough. Yeah. And we're also going to be doing uh, the album Joy in the Wild Unknown by Ripe, the band. So, starting There's with. There's so much. Starting with Shoe Dog. So, let's have a think. 
Get so I actually, uh, I actually did keep some notes on this one because it's quite. I'm rude. impressed how quick you've read this. By the way, so am I. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Yeah, I'm a fast reader," but yeah, fuck me. Now I was, I impressed myself with this one. I'm quite happy. Did you did you find yourself reading it all or listening to more of it or what was the? I think I listened. This, is a, this isn't. I think a short I listened read. more than I read okay. of the book. So I think I probably listened okay. to about sixty percent of the book and read forty um, percent um, of the book, but which was which was good. I actually found that gave a bit more context. So, um, be, like hearing the names and then reading the names as well, kind of really consolidated who the actual characters are because characters, the people, characters, then yeah. they're not make believe <laughs> the people. Yeah. But um, yeah. To be fair, there are a lot of people to keep track of. Um, yes. In the book, and I'm actually still confused about. You know, one one character was on uh, in early on, but I don't know if the character one came person. back. Um, oh, gonna, nope, they're, gonna, they're called characters now. Um, but basically, Shoe Dog. Uh, it's by Phil Knight. Phil Knight is the the founder and previous CEO of Nike, and it's basically taking Nike. Him- is that how you say it? Nike. Well, that's what it's called. Is it Nike? I've called it Nike forever. It's Nike. The uh, well, the founder calls it Nike. It's named after the Greek goddess Nike. Um, and, I've uh, always called it Nike. Yeah. Why, why, I, why Nike? I don't, I don't know. Well, to be honest. Nike has an E on it and Nike, but then it's like Nike and you're adding another E. So when well, I hear from Nike, a different language, I think N-I-K-E, apostrophe E. It's yeah. weird. It's from, it's from, yeah, it's from a different language. So. Have you ever called it Nike or have you always called it Nike? Uh, I've always called it, I think I've, well, the thing is, you know me, I'm not a sporty person. I'm not, to be honest, Nike wasn't particularly prominent in my vocabulary for most of my life. So okay. I think I might have fluctuated and called it Nike, Nike, just depending on who mentioned it, because I I never mentioned it before someone else mentions it. So I just copied whatever But you whatever would say do. Nike, you'd go Nike. Well, for yeah, the yeah. reference, I'm going to call it Nike. Okay, well, I'm, I'm calling I, it Nike because yeah. that's how Phil Knight pronounces it and it's his mm. book well who's he to say anything who the fuck is phil knight who the fuck is phil knight anyway he he you just called him phil nike i did call him <laughs> phil nike <laughs> oh man i meant phil knight mm. um he did he didn't want the name so how is he even gonna know what it is <clears throat> he didn't he said because what did he say it will grow on us so hopefully it will grow on us He's such like a last minute decision. He seems like such I don't know. Not a pessimist. But he just he seems really grumpy at points in the I get in yeah, the other yeah. book, which I think is brilliant. But um so so just basically to give uh, an overview of the book a before I dive into yeah. to uh to the opinions. Basically, um Nike was uh, not so. So Phil Knight's the CEO and founder of Nike. Nike wasn't the original brand. Brand originally, uh, basically, he had this idea um, whilst he was in economic school, and he decided he he realized that a lot of American companies were capitalizing on cheaper labor in Japan, and they were purchasing and getting and doing manufacturing over in Japan to bring in. Um, cheaper products that people could afford with mm-hmm. the intent to have the same quality. So still mm-hmm. designed in the US. And so basically he thought, 
well, no one's actually doing this with shoes. And at the time, uh, there was um, basically Adidas, who's German, I think. And yeah, Puma. Oh, sorry, I'm pissing around, but Adidas are German. Yeah. yeah and then it was like Puma or something like that. Um, were the only big brands and so they were very 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 expensive and he thought he had this idea so in the book you follow him going um uh he, he starts traveling the world a bit before he heads over to japan finds the company you get to experience um you know this first company that it creates which isn't nike but then uh develops into nike as they start to encounter some issues when it comes to um contracts and you know uh, economic drama, I guess, is the way to describe it, which is quite cool, very, very interesting. As I have said, I am not a sporty guy. I, I don't know. You were catching a ball the other week, you were saying. You were oh, talking about that. Well, this is a research development. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. Only recently I've been able to use my hands properly. It's it's great. But There you go, ladies. Start <laughs> lining up now. <laughs> These hands can catch balls like, no, wait. No, no, no. He can now use his hands properly. <laughs> I feel sorry for all of the rest of your girlfriends. No wonder that have come and gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, <it's really> <laughs> that was their review of your relationship. Travis Pepper, lovely guy, can't use his hands properly. Sincerely. Do you say sincerely on the end of a review? I don't think you do, do you? Sincerely, everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I think so. So it'd be interesting then to see what you think of this book as somebody that isn't into sport then because i like sports and i like well yeah we, you, we discovered that last week with the go sports situation go sports. so <laughs> go sports yeah um but so 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 i don't so i have no i had no the only incentive i had to read this book was because it was recommended for this podcast because you were told so yeah you know? basically um and if i didn't read it i'd end up looking like a bit of a tit so, um, ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so this was, but I, but I wasn't going into the book thinking, oh God, like, you know, sports. Bleh. No, I was, I was very, very interested in this because I know nothing about, I knew nothing about the other companies that you references in the book, like Adidas. Mm-hmm. I knew the same, I know the same amount of them about Nike as I do Adidas apart from now now that I've um read the book and it was actually very very gripping like it, it was so maybe the reason why I'm referring to the people in the book as characters is because they were such characters uh, like mm-hmm. the kind of personalities um like you could have easily assigned each like a, a, a generic role within a band of brothers kind of TV show, uh, especially like the um, was it the uh, they were called the Buttface Group or something the uh, the 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 managing directors of the company the senior leadership team. Yeah, they were all uh, they referred to them as the Buttface meetings or something like that because yeah 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 they were actually quite immature and uh, <laughs> they weren't necessarily. They weren't necessarily all the qualified people for the roles. Uh, he mentions at one point in the book... Not your stereotypical. No, yeah. yeah. He realised that he he realised at some point in the book, uh, it's, I think it's quite late in the book when they were starting to re- uh, release their apparel line. Mm-hmm. So instead of just the shoes, he starts yeah, talking about... In the book. He starts talking about like... Um, God damn it, I keep hiring accountants. Like, 
and one of the things he says is like, um, y- you know, if you, you know what you're getting, if you're hiring like an accountant, there's someone who can work ridiculous hours. There's someone who can work, um, with, you know, like numbers and know what's going on. And he says, look, but if I hire like some designer, I don't know what they can do. Like, mm. you know, yeah, yeah. You know, they might be better at this. It might be better than this, but I'd rather bank on some at least gar- like guaranteed characteristics, even if they're not the ones specific for the role. And so he's moving people around all over the country and stuff like that. And I remember thinking quite early on, uh, one of the characters, Johnson, mm-hmm. who I believe Phil Knight took this guy for granted. He was the best part of this company. He was the enthusiastic salesman that was the one that came up with the name Nike. He's the one doing all of these uh, um, uh, th- these designs as well. He's the one that uh, like pioneered the way they sell. So he was keeping. He was he was basically using a CRM tool really with pen and paper. He was keeping a note mm-hmm. of all of the customer base. He was ringing them up every now and then to say like you know. We sold you some Nikes. How are they doing? You know, what, what are you thinking about them? And people would be like, oh, well, hey, I just got a call off the guy from Nike. And he developed this very personal relationship with all of their customers, which was, I think, part of the reason that the company did um, so well, which is quite funny because that had nothing to do with Phil Knight because he found it fucking annoying. And he he was he the, the guy that kept it kept ignoring his letters the whole time. Yeah, he kept ignoring his letters, and I was I was there yeah. like I was like you bastard, R- write him back, write him back. He <laughs> he deserves it. He's put in so much work, and then he 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 had to um he bu- <laughs> well the other takeaway I got for this uh, book was Phil Knight bullshitted his way through a, quite a few uh, scenarios in the in the, in the book. For example, the mm-hmm. first meeting he has with this Japanese yeah, company. Yeah, that's, fa- that's fantastic. Oh, I think that's brilliant. Oh, he's a cheap. I think it's bastard. amazing. But the thing is, you, you've got to remember, like, what part of the thing is for me, this is the 1960s we're talking about, right? I think mm-hmm. it's 1962. Um, and one of the things I love, by the way, is the book goes through the years. So the chapters are like titled yeah, yeah, 62, yeah. 63, 64. And it walks you through up until, I'm going to say, 1980. Off the top of my head, I could get. Uh, I could be wrong. Well, yeah, I think it was just before 1980 because then there's he, he jumps at the end of the book to 2007, and it's a bit more retrospective. And that was awesome. I really enjoyed that part of the book because he looked back on the company. He also brought up all of like the scandals and stuff with the factories and addressed those and what they were actually doing as a company. And you right. know, it was nice to hear it from the guy's mouth. You know, the guy, the guy mm. who was actually at the top of all things instead of just you know the newspapers. But yeah, um, I, I think, yeah, sorry, I was, I was just going to say, cause that, that point was leading on to, we were talking about that first meeting yeah, and yeah. I don't want to skip over that fact. Um, so you, you go back and he's saying it's 1962. Mm-hmm. This guy's got on a flight to Japan with a suit basically. Well, he, he went, he, he went on this, with this, this idea of traveling the world and, and seeing the world. And, mm. and then the plan was when he was in Japan, it was going to, he was going to pitch this crazy idea that he calls it where he's going to bring in shoes to, mm-hmm. to the Japanese. And to do that at the age of 24, um, with no business experience behind you, no experience of <laughs> yeah. trading with you, like, do you know, what I mean? no, yeah, no yeah. import export experience, nothing. He's got no experience. He's 24 years old. 
and got no life experience because he's straight out of school and college. Like, yeah, to go fly to Japan when there's no mobile phones, you can't put it on Instagram, can't text your parents to say I'm all right, did it, like, everything went fine. Yeah, not even that. You can't, you can't even go onto Google to say how do I pitch to a Japanese company or or what companies are the best companies to import and export things. There's there's nothing like that. He's mm. just gone for it, and I'm like, cool. Like, yeah. that's wicked. I think that's why that's I was so behind, awesome. even though he was doing all of this dodgy shit. Like, well, it's not dodgy shit. It's not that. But like, in this board meeting, they were saying like, uh, the Japanese company, were they they kind of liked him at the beginning. And they were saying, you know, no, or da, 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 what's your company called? He hadn't thought of a name. And he kind of went, uh, Blue Ribbon, and just made it up on the spot. This company didn't exist. He just made it yeah, up yeah. on the spot. And then he yeah. got as soon as he got back to the US, he was like registering the trademark and everything. And I was like, "You cheeky, cheeky bastard!" But like you said, this kind of attitude had me rooting for him quite early on. And so all of those kind of obviously it's written from his perspective, but all of these these misdoings where he's like, like, like he he went to Johnson, where Johnson was running the LA store, and he uh, he realized. He, he had another bullshit meeting with uh, the Japanese company um, who said, um, well, we're going to get rid of you unless you can s- have an office on the East Coast because we're going to sell this other person is going to do the East Coast. And so he was like, yeah, we have an office on the East Coast when they didn't. And yeah, yeah. so he got back and he was like, okay, I need someone to go over there to the East Coast. And uh he, I think he decided that Johnson was the pers- best person to do it, signed someone to replace Johnson before he even talked to Johnson. And then that guy walked into the store to say, hey, I'm the new manager. And Johnson's like, you're what now? And, and, and they had this whole argument and eventually Johnson goes over. But the entire time I was there th- thinking, why don't you go and fucking do it? You yeah, go yeah. open the e- e- East okay, store. yeah. Because yes, maybe, but because he was working yeah. full time as an accountant and he was working like part time as the CEO, whereas this was Johnson. Johnson was a full time employee for the company, and yeah, it was it was it was. Some, I had some of those moments where I was just like, "Yeah, why don't you do it? It's your company. You want this to happen." But Johnson did a sick job of it, and you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's one of those things where it's like. I don't, I don't, I don't think even Phil Knight would say like he was a great CEO. Like he, he's, he says in the book, like, oh, I'd go back and I'd do it differently. Oh, and every, course, in every chapter, would. he's always like, oh yeah, maybe I should have, maybe I should have given them like a bit more of a hand or a bit more of a well done or something like that. Um, which, which he talks about with his kids as well. Um, how he should have been more involved and stuff like that. But I like a flawed yeah, character. Yeah, I think you get that a lot. Yeah, and I think you, you it's one of these things that you're never going to be able to do enough to prepare you for what you're going to face in doing something like exactly. what he did. You, you never, and, and, and no matter, even if he went back and did it again now, he'd still make mistakes. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, in, in that kind of journey, you're always going to make mistakes. You're always going to do things. You know, two things that stand out for me. A, I love the fact that like he took on Adidas and that's such a huge, mm. that's mm. a huge challenge. It's like somebody now coming in and saying, 
I'm going to take over. I'm going to, I'm going to take on Apple or Samsung and create a new smartphone. You know, like he was taking on one hell of a task and I've got a lot of respect for that. I've also got, also the other thing that stood out for me is that this book didn't, he could have very much when creating this memoir spoke about all of the fantastic things that happened to him that he speaks about in the last chapter, right? His Mm, book mm. could have probably been about all these great achievements and all these fantastic things that he's done with Nike. And you could have just been a a show off, like, look how good I am book, but it wasn't like he's given, he's shown his true character, his flaws, the mistakes that he's made. He's been honest and, and he's, he's told a journey that took 18 years, I think. And you go, 18 years? Yeah. From 19... I believe it's 1962 to 1980. I could be wrong. But like, it's an 18-year journey of fuck-ups, mistakes, getting things wrong, struggle, sacrifice. Yeah. Just pure belief, grit, determination. I I fucking love it. And, you know, like the fact that he was pumping money, all the money that he was earning was going straight back into Nike for years and years and years. And accountants and Mm. advisors were like... You need some savings, you know. Like yeah, yeah, you can't, yeah. was, uh, you can't just keep running this. Company he said liquidity was like his most hated word ever, just because every bank was just like, "Well, we're not going to loan you because you don't have any liquidity." And he was like, "Fucking liquidity! Like, why would I not put the money back into the company to do things to yeah, grow?" Yeah, yeah. And they were making mega, mm. mega sales, um, uh, even though they had no like, they had no bank and stuff like that, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it ends when, because, uh, well, the last few chapters are talking about, you know, going public and stuff like that. And he was talking so much about the culture of the company and what they wanted to keep and stuff. And so it was mm-hmm. interesting seeing all of them kind of wrestle uh, with with this. So, you know, for, for all that I've said, you know, maybe like maybe he isn't on paper the best CEO. I think his attitude was very, very good for the time like like we said in the 60s his attitude of like just shaking things up like when they had the american government tried to sue them for 25 million because <laughs> and and uh, they were just like after like loads and loads of court cases and stuff his he was just being stubborn and it was working and they were like okay well we'll settle for 15 million and he was like mm, no hang up the phone and his lawyers are like, excuse me, what the, what the hell did you just do? Did you just, did you just decline a settlement offer from the US government and just hang up the phone? He's like, yeah. And he's like, well, what's, what's the, what's the most you'll, you'll pay? And he was like, zero. Because like, we haven't done anything wrong. This is just, uh, uh, it, it was Adidas and loads of other shoe companies that kind of went, hey, American government, would you be able to do this? For, like, because they've broken this really, really old rule that doesn't apply anymore. And that's basically what mm. they did. And um, yeah, basically his lawyer had to call him up and went, no, 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 this is the American government. Like, if they lose face, then they're going to fuck you up for the rest of like the career, your career. So they need to keep face. So you're going to have to pay them something, but it yeah. won't be the 25 million. And it's just kind of like, yeah, his, his attitude of getting things done. He, I don't think he was deliberately pioneering anything in that kind of company structure, but mm-hmm. he naturally developed a company structure and culture that was modern for the time. 
it was yeah, more yeah. than modern, postmodern for the time. Yeah. Which it, it's, uh, it's, cool. it's a it's a good example of like just get you know just get things going. Yeah, it's that perfect example. A little bit like Richard Branson says, "Say yes and and then figure it out later." Um, it's yeah. exactly that kind of thing. Um, and you know who kind of like a little modern ish version of is is Ben Francis. If you know Ben Francis, um, mm-hmm. nope. He no, you wouldn't because he's another. It's, it's again, it's sports related, but he's the he's the founder of Gymshark. Um, you might have oh, seen. Oh, I've heard gym. stuff about in, him. Inst- Instagram is full of Gymshark models. It's basically girls in yoga pants um, with nice behinds to look at. You not seen this in Instagram? You not seen this thing? Like as if you've not seen this. Well, nothing about Gymshark. Yeah, well, lots of them are Gymshark models. Like Jim, yeah. what, what Gymshark did very cleverly is they built a brand and then started to get this influencer marketing thing. And uh-huh, then uh-huh. everybody, every, every kind of like wannabe model wanted to be a, a Gymshark model so that they would send them their clothes. And do you know what I mean? If you get enough followers on mm-hmm, Instagram, mm-hmm. then Gymshark, Gymshark would start sending you their clothes. But mm-hmm. anyway, the point I was going to make is he again... It's a fashion company. It's a clothes company. He started um, from Birmingham. His his nan taught him how to sew, and he just started making clothes. You know, just out of his spare yeah, bedroom yeah, yeah. after college and stuff. And he ended up recently having investment, and they're now they're now valued at a billion. I don't know if it's dollars or pounds, but it's a billion dollar brand. I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's it's just like it comes back to that point of just get going with something. Yeah, start just get something, like, get something done. Like, if, if start before you're ready, I think was the main yes, takeaway. But you're from never it. ready because because you're, yeah. you're never ready. Like, yeah, this is gonna sound like such a shit. I think after we talked about these guys, <laughs> but I really wanted to. Like, I really wanted like a multi food processor blender thing. What? Because you I wanted want, you wanted a blender because I wanted to make. Uh, some I wanted to make my own. Uh, I think it was sunflower seed butter because I can't eat peanut butter. Right. So I was like, I want this, and I'm going to make it myself. I'm going to make it from scratch. But then I was like, Oh, what other things would I want to make? Right, let's do a big research on all of these things that I'd want to make. Let's get all the recipes done first. And I think I spent I spent months really like putting this on the back burner. I'll be like, Oh, I'll do some more research on this. I should have just bought a fucking blender and just got going with it. And I did finally, and I've made me some butter and life's good. And I'm <laughs> getting Are on with it. Are you telling me that you're comparing your journey of creating pumpkin seed butter? Sunflower to seed. God. Sun, found sunflower listen. seed butter to Phil Knight's journey of creating Nike. Basically, what you're saying kind of, is you're, yeah. you've drawn a parallel to your <laughs> your, yeah. your experience yeah. <laughs> making sunflower seed peanut butter. Yeah. I I okay. also make like protein shakes too, and <laughs> I made some I made some oat milk. So yeah, you made, you made oat milk. How do you make oat milk? It's really easy. It's oats and water and blend it. So, yeah, made some oat milk. What? That's that. That's oat milk. Yeah. But you can shut up. You can add stuff like dates to it if you want to to make it like sweet and stuff. So, yeah. I thought people milk. I thought people milk the oats. Yeah, like just, cows. <laughs> <laughs> just like factory for the full of tiny people just oats or... tug, tugging on trees. <laughs> no, not trees. Oat, <laughs> oat plants. Yeah. Um, 
I, I thought they would have had to do something more than just blend oats in water because to me that's that makes they, porridge. They probably you're making porridge, not oat milk. What? I'm not making that. The, the ratios aren't that high. Not enough to make fucking porridge. You make your porridge with water. Yeah, have you have you tried oat milk? It comes out and it's white mm-hmm. and it has a milky taste to it. I don't think if you just blend oats in a blender, it ends up like. Where's the white? Oh, they come obviously from there? put put some stuff in it. Oh no, no, it was white. It was white. Was it? Yeah. So I blended it, and then I you you put it in like a uh, it's called a nut milk bag, and then you strain it all out, and all the stuff that came out was white, and then I was left with like like oat dust. I don't know, uh, which then I just threw into one of the shakes. It was great, mate. I must admit that's actually okay. That's actually entertaining. That's more impre- that's impressed me more than I thought it was going to. To be fair. Oh wow. Um, but I still I still Bar's really low. Know, it's a <laughs> yeah well ob- obviously but there's yeah i when you start drawing a parallel between your you getting a blender and, and yeah. making sunflower seed butter and and shoe dog and phil knight taking over just get it done the just, empire just start just get just it done get people. going whether it's a by the blender whether it's a multi-billion dollar company or just the blender just do it <laughs> just <Buy> it. do <laughs> it <laughs> yeah there you go yeah. just it oh, but on the whole yeah brilliant book amazing book and like, if anyone's going to read it and be on edge waiting him for set to say just do it he never does he never does i don't think that quote a, was around at the time i don't know how long that's are we, been the phrase. are we allowed to talk about spoilers what do you mean well all i was going to ask you very quickly is did you um did you cry when his son died How's that a spoiler? That's news. That's history. It's history. Yeah. Okay. It's not spoilers. <laughs> um, um, I I remember this bit because I was I was in the kitchen. Um, I I, I was uh, with the blender. With the, with the blender. Are <laughs> <laughs> you actually making oat milk at the time? No, no oh, not oat milk at the time. This was the sunflower butter. But I had the headphones on and I was listening and. I remember, so so the blender was going, got to the end, and I think we were talking about that chapter, and it was just, I don't know, just the, because I didn't know, actually, so it kind of was a spoiler for me, if, if you told me, because I don't pay attention to yeah. any of this stuff, but I could hear him talking about his sons, and just the kind of way he was talking about them, I was there like, right, That's I feel sad. like something's going to happen. And, you know, he mentioned the stuff with, um, his son, and the, I think what made brought a tear to my eye was the way he dealt with it. Yeah, he deals with it very well. He went away and he did a load of research into like you know because he died whilst diving, and he did a load of research into you know what happened, why, and then what were they feeling at the time, and he found a positive part of that, which was that uh, with what happened to the son, there's uh, you. S- you don't hallucinate, but you start to feel like you're drugged up, feel euphoric in a way. They say that. Yeah. They say that drowning's a close euphoria because it starves the brain of oxygen. Yeah. And so that's kind like of what happened. You do those um, balloons, <laughs> that same kind of, yeah. you know, those laughing gas balloons, that kind of thing. Yeah. So he, 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 he found that out and he also knew that um, at one point his, his son had like taken the mouthpiece out which he's drawn the conclusion that, well, he obviously was feeling this euphoria. He probably died feeling 
quite nice. So he's just, but he's just chosen to believe that because that it you you he'll never know whether it's true or not. But he's chosen to believe that to get through it and deal with it. And I was like, yeah, good for you, mate. So, but on the whole, a fantastic book. Love it. A sad way to end that. I enjoyed the blender aspect of it. <laughs> um, but if we go now, I think I think now we go from shoe dog to wild dogs. Ah, segue. Rah. Hmm. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've got one. Mm-hmm. It's still not as good as it's still not as good as I wear in the trousers one. But um, so this. This this documentary that we're going to talk about now, Extinction, yep. the, the facts. facts. Yeah, ninety four year old Wonder Man. We would t- we actually I was with Shelfhead this weekend, and um, we got into conversation around this, and we got into conversation around who do you think is going to die first, David Attenborough or oh. the Queen? David Attenborough. You think he's going to go first? I went the other way. No, oh, okay. I think the I have a lot of science backing myself up for on this claim, and I'm not going to say any of it because I don't actually have any science backing this up. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was about to say, but yeah, this is a this is a really this is a powerful documentary. I found that I kind of just sat there for an hour and was just trying to take on so many things mm-hmm. because there's just so much crammed into that 50 minutes or 54 minutes, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And this is a documentary. Like I'm just going to come out and say it straight off the bat that like, I beg everybody to watch. Like, I think this is so worth watching. Um, I think it's the best thing that we've been recommended to watch oh. so far this season, this season, I'm going to say. Um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, I, it really hit home for me. So where do we start? I mean, it's called extinction, the facts. Mm-hmm. And basically what the whole documentary is covering is correct me if I'm wrong, cause I might get all these big words muddled up, but how we are losing biodiversity mm-hmm. on planet earth. Mm-hmm. And there's 1 million species that are at risk of becoming extinct mm-hmm. and the negative consequences that we, uh, will experience if if these um, these things disappear, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know when, I mean? if, when this all happens, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the main uh, link back because you, you know what is destroying biodiversity. There are lots of contributing factors, and they go into this in the um, in in the documentary. Uh, we all know about you know CO two. Um, emissions and stuff like that that's briefly touched upon but it also talks about uh, different farming me- uh, methods uh, the destruction of mm-hmm. habitats and stuff like that and what it does is it shows the chain reaction and, and what's actually happening and stuff like that and it, it focuses on a couple of um, real world situations so we look we get to see the last uh, two white rhinos a mother and a daughter which yeah, eventually sad, will go extinct and it was um they were literally hunted um for stuff like their, their horns, horns uh to be sold um um in stop playing with it stop playing with your nose um and basically they 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 kind of what's it called myth busted um the whole 
thing about the, the trades, the trading of uh, like those horns and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I like about this documentary as well. There's no holds barred. It doesn't, it doesn't, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't, it's pretty, but you know, it outwardly says like, this is the country that has the highest of this. This is the one that's doing this. And it's the, this place, mm. this place, this, this place. They don't sugarcoat it, but they deliver no. it very, it's digestible. Like you, like I, I, I appreciated and understood that the, the whole thing. Um, it wasn't like a head scratcher at the end. It was very, very clearly presented. Um, and, you know, and they also mentioned some of the stuff, like some of the criticism that um, some of the stuff has received previously. Because if we talk about the horns on the rhinos being sold in China as medicine and aphrodisiacs um, and stuff like that. Uh, the aphrodisiacs? Ar- yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, rhino, snorting rhino horn is meant to help you with uh, impotence. So... And apparently, and, oh, and a lot of people said, it's like, wrong. well, you, you can't, you can't criticize that because this is all based in like their, like their original culture. You know, this is something that, that, that has happened for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they basically went, uh, I think they had, uh, one of the ambassadors for the, this area area who was like, nope, this is a merchant's tale that has arisen over, over recent years. It's a load of crap, you know? And they're just doing this to sell these. And, you know, as soon as that stops, they'll find something else that they'll try and sell you for the same. There's no culture that's invested in the destruction of rhino horns and the snorting of and thinking it's, that are uh, medicine. It's, it's mad, isn't it? But there was one they, person they said that said, um, th- they even showed a clip of like a, sh- uh, I don't know where they got it from. It's probably the BBC archives or something like that. But there was someone, there was a salesperson saying that, oh yeah, stage three cancer if you take this, there's a 60% chance of uh, like living or something like that. And then I was like, wait a minute, isn't there like a 60% chance of surviving stage three cancer anyway? Like, (laughs) isn't it one of those things where they say, oh, this could happen. And it's like, that would happen if you drank water. I don't know. Like, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. now you've got to drink orange sense. juice or something like that. Oh, now, oh, well, you survived, so that must mean the orange juice helped. What? You know, it's that yeah. kind of stuff, so. Yeah, sure. Because they said that hunting was one of the main reasons that we're destroying the ecosystems. The three main ways were hunting, um, population expansion, mm-hmm. which is an interesting one, and then the destruction of habitats as well were the three that I've the three that I've got written down. So, Do you know what blew me away about the hunting? So to, to quickly go back to that, the pa- is it pa- the pangolians? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, pangolins. Pang- I, I I say pangolins. Pa- pangolins. Pangolin. What are we saying? Pangolins or pangolins? Pang- oh, the pangolins. 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 Yeah. So they're the most trafficked animal. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that they were the most trafficked animal that there was. And for they're the scales so as well, cute. which they are Sorry, so cute. But I just got yeah, pictures of them yeah. now. They're the cutest things. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> no, they just, the, I just, they, that was one of the part that, that got me um, was that they're trafficked for their scales mm. and they're the only mammal with scales. Is that correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the guys were basically saying it's the same makeup as buying your finger now. Yeah. That's basically what these scales are. Um, and the same thing as you said, like they, they're flogging them for medicinal purposes and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But 175,000 killed last year. 
175,000. Imagine that, lining all that up. That is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, and they show um, that as well. So it's, it's, it's not, they're, they're not faint-hearted scenes, to be honest. Like, no. That. No, no, no. There's, there's a lot in there where you see that the, how animals are being treated for, uh, fur. Mm-hmm. and how they're holding them and, and how savage that they are. And it, yeah, it is definitely quite mm. eye-opening. Yeah. Um, and then population expansion, as you said, was the uh, the second one. Population expansion. Which is yeah. which is quite interesting There's, because they don't really say, like, stop having babies. Because, I mean, you and I could use this as an excuse when people ask if we're not, like, why are you guys uh, not finding a nice woman getting married or anything? We could be like, well, you know, we're saving the world, not having kids. So we're, yes. we're just uh, pop, you know, very population true. expansion. You know, we're doing our bit to save the environment. But they didn't say that that was necessarily the problem. Um, they kinda, and you've got a little plant. You've got a little plant. That helps the environment. My little plant. See, I'm doing my bit. Is it new? No, you just haven't been paying attention. Go and get it. What, this little part? Yeah. That's cute. My aloe vera. Yeah. Saving the saving the world with your aloe vera. This was a birthday present, this was. Very nice. Ah. Who from? It's my, my, my friend Kira. One of my Germans. Are you still friends with her now, after that? No, she got me a shitty plant for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are. We are. We are. I don't think she... <clears throat> she didn't get... She hasn't finished season one, so... She, We've got a few more months of friendship left before she hears this episode. Before she gets this. Uh, yeah, 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 it's fine. Um, it's better than the present I got you, to be fair, for your birthday. So, that's fine. What did you get me for my birthday? Fuck all. I didn't get you anything. I was going to say. <laughs> I, <didn't come. laughs> I don't think I got you anything for your birthday. I, I like, might text you. I was like, was it, was it this, was it this band? Was it? Like, it, I've forgotten it. No, no. Yeah, no, it I was that I don't, I don't think it was anything. But yeah, so, um, so in the... Um, yeah, they don't necessarily say that um, population expansion is is necessarily, um, uh, you know, what we should stop, but that we should change how we deal with it. Um, and the most most interesting one is like the layers and layers of arguments about veganism and stuff like that. So, so one of the Ooh, here we go. one of the arguments for uh, veganism is like, um, uh, y- y- you know these antibiotic stuff uh it, it being overused in um uh, animals and then the arguments against that is like but the antibiotics in the animals won't affect you and it's like well no 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 that's not that's not the that's not the downside the downside is the fact that antibiotics are being used so much viruses are coming that are immune to antibiotics so you know, mm-hmm. you know it's like the 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 point and then the argument miss the higher, the higher reason and stuff like with the, uh, like soybean manufacturing. So people are like, oh, your soybeans, um, don't eat soybeans because so much land is being destroyed to make use of soybeans. So you vegans are the mm-hmm. problem. And then they just drop this fact that the majority of soybeans are used for animal feed. Yeah. And it's they like, are used for animal feed, it's, yeah. it's like they're imported into the, com- like South American soybeans are being imported into uh, China and the UK and everywhere. And they do a big map with all these traces to where everything's actually coming from, who's buying it. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, people are saying, Oh my God, South America's destroying the Amazon. Oh, they're the ones to blame. And it's like, well, you, the UK are buying all the stuff that they're destroying the Amazon to grow and to feed the animals. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is the issue sort of thing. 
Um, so yeah, it kind of, it kind of breaks down all of these, these arguments, which I like because I've, I've journeyed through many different iterations of the veganism arguments. I've jumped from side to side, depending on the new information that I found out. So it's nice to see the rabbit hole becoming a bit more. We could sit here and talk about it for ages. Um, but yeah, it, because it's, it, it is one of those facts that they say in the documentary that livestock make up 60% of living things on the, uh, on the planet Earth, don't they? They say yeah. livestock is 50, livestock is 60%. Humans, humans make up 36%. Put that into perspective. And then livestock the is 60%. Is wildlife. And then the 4% we've got left is wildlife. Then that's absolutely fucking bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it did. It did make me think. I mean, obviously, I try to not eat meat. I mean, I haven't. Yeah, I've had a bit. I've started eating a bit of fish again. But and even that made me feel bad because when they talk about the overfishing and you see some of the seas that are just decimated, and you're just like, fuck, mm. like it's yeah it's like you can't it's it's almost hard to get it right like how mm-hmm. do we get it right is is what i start to think because i thought like as you say going vegetarian i thought i was doing a good thing for the planet but then when it came out and it's like the the five top things that are ruining the um environment are soy cocoa coffee um soy cocoa coffee palm oil and beef mm. they're the five so products. then you feel bad about the soybeans well, but then you, but then you, the soy, soy and the coffee. Yeah, the coffee. I don't drink coffee, so uh, I'm better than yeah. you. Yeah, um, I, I love, I love. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love a coffee, but they are saying that food production is unsustainable. We need, we need to find a way that we're going to yeah. work around it. Fuck knows how we're going to. Um, well, the other is, thing that I that, this, this is the thing. This goes back to. Um, I found it quite fitting because last week we were talking about um, incentives, fiscal incentives, because we were talking about. Uh, Facebook no has no reason fiscal to change. reason to encourage you to stop staring at your screen. And the example that they used in that documentary was uh, dead whales being worth more than a live whales. Nothing about cheese, um, no. which I said wrong last time, I admit. Um, but trees are worth more dead than alive because, you know, you've got more farming stuff. And... Um, um, and then one of the things that you think about when this stuff comes in, it's like, should there be more restrictions? Should the government get involved? And I think the majority of the time people are like, no, I, I don't, the, the government, if they keep tweaking things, it's going to go wrong. And a lot of business economics uh, stuff, you know, really don't want the government to get involved. And so I was thinking of that when they were talking about this in the documentary, I was thinking like, yeah, but, is the solution for government policy is yeah is government policy going to help and they address it in this documentary they said yeah well yeah it's been done in the past because there was an incentive so there was this uh oh god maybe you have it in your notes but there was a certain type of plastic or something like that that was um found in hairspray was it yeah and I don't have it in my notes, but I, I can remember it was a chemical in hairspray yeah, yeah. that they were found. They found that was polluting aerosols. Oh, uh, yeah, aerosols in general. Hairsprays. And uh, yeah, and this government, product was found to be causing pollution at an incredible scale. Yeah, and so the government banned it. I find and it. in less than like two years, um, an alternative that wasn't polluting was invented. 
So this is the thing when people are like, oh, yeah, but it's how we've always done it in the past. And I'm like, well, given the incentive, mm. we'll find a new way because, you know, this is one, that's one of the, that's one of the benefits of humans. That's one of the things we're good at. Um, yeah. Well, and we need to, we need to find different ways. Of, we need to find different ways, man. Um, yeah. Because I don't think that we can carry on this way. Um, there was something I did want to mention that we can't, we kind of miss, but did you see that it brought, uh, there was a slightly, there was a slight link to minimalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I saw this. I saw when this they as talk well. about consumption, yeah, yeah, because they say that say in the UK, like if you compare the consumption uh, of the average person in the UK, I think it was four times, and in the USA, it is seven times the amount that an average person that lives in India consumes. Yeah, so USA seven, the UK four. Um, but no, you're you're right. I think when 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 we do like there are we do find different ways of doing it. And, and it, I guess when it comes to like food production and things, I I don't I don't know how because as the population increases, the only logical thing is you need more agriculture, you need more livestock to feed more people. So mm. I think that's a huge challenge that that it's going to be really tough to overcome. Um, I liked the way that the documentary linked to the pandemic as well. I thought that yeah. they nailed that. Do yeah. you like that, right? So they've, so they they've obviously about... shot a lot of it before and, and then they kind of... Timing was perfect they, for yeah, them. Yeah, they, <laughs> they added that <laughs> little comment and narrative about the pandemic. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Well, not the because they say that one of the links, one of the links to <laughs> yeah, COVID nineteen's been great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Travis Pepper, um, <laughs> yeah, one of the, one of the things they say is that we are at high risk of experiencing a pandemic. I think they said once every ten years, mm-hmm. um, due to the fact that we are ruining the habitats and mingling with um, animals more than we should. I think they said I'm I'm throwing all these stats out there, and these could be wrong, but I think they said there's a million different diseases that are yet to be. Or that, that are carried by animals that have not yet transferred over. Yeah, to yeah, something like that. Um, how they how they know that I'm not sure, but they said that by pulling down habitats, the animals at the top of the food chains are the ones that are impacted first and that vanish, leaving the smaller rodent style animals um, that they start to flourish and have sex and do their thing, and um, you get lots of them. And they are the ones that carry diseases and illness. Yeah. And then they get taken into food markets, wet markets, whatever the markets are. And that's where we had the bat incident um, well, in Wuhan. It, well, originally it was meant to, it was, it was allegedly a pangolin, pangolin, apparently. Really? There you go. That's what, because they mentioned so then that. There's, in, an, there's that in another the example. But I did like how they did talk about kind of where you were starting to get into is they kind of gave this what can we do um, part of it as well. So I did think to myself, you know, we we always uh, with the Caroline Perez book, I was always like there was no action plan. It was Mm. just like men are bad. Well, how can we change that? There wasn't any of that. It was just men are bad. And with this, they had those things. It changed the way we run the world, changed the way we run the economy. Um, Yeah. They spoke about planting trees turning the cities green mm-hmm. putting up solar panels things like that we can um, turn to our old friend ron finley for labor. stuff like that ah uh, mr finley mr. yeah 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 start start gardening um get little aloe, aloe vera plants for your birthday stuff like that reducing the waste as well yeah little aloe vera plant yeah reducing the waste like 40 percent of the food that is produced is wasted so only 60 percent of it is eaten That's yeah I, I find it really unsettling when people don't people throw away food and don't don't finish the food on their plate and stuff like that and when food go, yeah, goes off before you've even thought about it and you just throw it away like Ugh, 
Well, I forgot. Gonna have to buy another yeah, one. It's it is it is bad. But like I, I kind of get it as well because if I it's weird if I went to Sainsbury's if I went to Sainsbury's and there's like met the Queen two but met the Queen <laughs> she's she's got she's got hella nectar points now the Queen um so if I went to Sainsbury's and there was two bunches of bananas and one looks slightly better than the other. I'm buying the b- bunch of bananas that look slightly better than oh, the right. ones that don't, right? And then, I love my wonky veg, the, uh, though. And then, but the wonky veg usually gets left on the left on the shelf. Why I, do you like your wonky veg? Do you well, feel you, sorry for well, it? I think it was Morrison started doing this. Um, they have like a wonky veg bag, so all of the veg is there, and then there's like the rejects in a bag, which is like wonky broccoli, wonky carrots, and stuff. And I was like. <laughs> I don't know. It was like adopting the mangy cat because, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, you like look at it and go, well, the right thing to do is to buy that one. And if you think about it, it don't matter what shape your carrot is. It's still going in your stew. Like, Oh, so, so hang on. You're, you're saying wonky in terms of what it looks like actually looks wonky. Yeah, because that stuff gets thrown right, away. But, but I really, I'm yeah. saying like... I'm saying, like, if it's going a bit mouldy or a bit yeah. bruised. Or yeah, I mean... If you've got a set of bananas and one of them's bruised, then one of them, they all look fresh. The one that's bruised gets left on the shelf and then it gets worse and worse and worse until the point that you end yeah, up chucking it away. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy, and I don't know what we do. I remember when I used to work in Sainsbury's on the little produce aisle, I used to go in on a Saturday morning, push mm-hmm. the vegetables around, put them on the shelves. Um, yes, I could read the labels and I could put them all in the right places. And I wasn't going to say read. anything. <laughs> I didn't have to read. I just remembered visually where everything belonged. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, but the amount of vegetables that we used to chuck away is obscene. It was obscene. And, and the, mm. the, that was the other crazy thing that like, they wouldn't let you take it home. They wouldn't give it to the homeless. Like they need to do something with that. Mm. There's a better way to do it Definitely. than just get rid of it and dispose yeah. of it. Um, but on, on the whole, we're talking about wonky veg, but, um, Contemi- extinction, undermining our points quite easily with our extinction. Weird the fact I would say it is the most powerful thing we've had thus far in this season. Yeah, I'd agree. It's an hour. Watch it. Just fucking watch it. Just watch it. You've heard it here. And then carry on living your life as you do and don't change anything and keep wrecking the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like what... But what are you going to change? Do you know what I mean? What are you going to change off the back of? I mean, I'm already, I'm already reducing the amount of meat I eat, or at least trying to. So I'm having more like uh, veggie curries and stuff like that, like chickpea stuff, looking for alternate uh, things for proteins and stuff like that. Um, yeah, as, as we've experienced with your pumpkin seed. My butter. butter. Yeah, my, my oldie yeah. milk. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I walk everywhere. I get uh, the, the the train and stuff as well. I uh, don't know if that's going to affect it. I'll sign as many petitions tough, as I can. It, we, we just got... We, that, that is the problem. Like Something needs to change and somebody with power needs to do something because it's a great documentary, but we're all ultimately going to carry on. Mm. You know what I mean? Living my life. I'd love to see if anybody watched it and went, I'm going to stop doing this or stop doing that. And that's a good thing if yeah. you do. It's kind of Tell one us. of the reasons if you've, that... If you've watched it, and or you're going to watch it then let us know what you thought as well so we're always yeah. interested to interact so please get in touch let's do it man let's do it let's do it speaking of but the wild yeah, 
Ah, yeah, the segways are on today. <laughs> Come on, the segways. We're good. <laughs> Speaking of the, of the wild, we're going to talk about Joy in the Wild Unknown, which is an album from a band called Ripe. Oh, wait, I could have said Speaking of Unripe Bananas. Yeah. Ah, oh, speaking of from one unripe banana to a ripe band, that yeah. would be awful as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Join the Wild Unknown by Ripe. I thought they were. I thought they were tripe. Um, this band. It'd <laughs> 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 be an easy way to put them down, though, wouldn't it? Oh, um, what? Okay, carry on. Carry this on. is this. This is new. This was new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this was new to me. This band. I'm gonna try and whip through it fairly quickly. Um, first of all, album cover is cool. I, I like an album cover. I like something visual, don't I? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it, it, it's this like adventure photo where yeah. there's a dude standing on the end of what is a lake with a big red fiery tree and there's a canyon and it's very cool, very, very suits the joy in the wild unknown. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm title i yeah. think but these guys okay so these guys are a seven piece ensemble from boston massachusetts boston. Is it massachusetts boston yeah um and we talk about it all the time and we'll talk about it again opening tracks <laughs> this opening track my man had me for about six days i don't think i got past track one for about <laughs> six days not gonna lie this is so that's an issue I've been like my mate recommended me this album not too long ago and he was like how good is this album and I'm like album's sick mate but I've got I, I want to say that I've been having it on repeat but honestly I, I haven't got past the first track I've been skipping back like I know fucking I know much, but yeah yeah because that bass that bass that opens up boom, that boom, 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 the snappiness yeah v- v- do you know what I thought of straight away Red Hot Chili Peppers uh-huh, uh-huh. which isn't isn't the sound of the band at all, right? Mm-hmm. Because that very split second, I was like, oh, this slappity bass and the way that he sings, you know, is very kind of a little, it's a bit chillies. And he, and, he, and he does a little bit of rapping stuff. It's almost a little bit where he's like kind Second of rapping verse, along. Yeah. 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 You, do you know what I mean? He, 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 and, and, it, and it's a little bit chillies esque, but then it drops into the funk thing and you just go, oh, yeah, man, there's something here. Do you know who else it also reminded me of a little bit? Adam Levine. Um, I found his, I oh, found his vocal in Maroon 5. Yeah, Adam Levine mm-hmm. from Maroon 5. I found his vocal inflections to be very similar to the Adam Levine of Maroon 5. Um, and just okay. I felt a little bit like somebody had gone along to Maroon 5 early days. I'm talking songs about Jane, early 2000s. Um, okay. And just turned Maroon 5 up to funky, man. And it is very, very cool. It's like, um, hey, I'm from the future. You're going to become a pop band. We're here to change that. You're now going to be a funk band. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that. Uh, okay, cool. Um, and I think that the, the it's a novelty, right? The, the kind of style of band that they are, there isn't a lot around them. And they've got the little trumpets. And obviously, I love the little, the trumpety bit mm. in the song. Um, but it's very cool. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very good. You can't, you can't not enjoy that. Mm. Um, and then they do this thing, which they do a lot throughout the music. And you kind of said it about Mumford and Sons and bagged them, you know, when you're like, I'm singing really quiet and I'm singing really quiet and I'm singing really loud <laughs> and I'm singing really loud. <laughs> <laughs> These yeah. guys, 
do that and they do that a lot and what they do is they go we're going to bring it back to his vocal with the guitar and it's going to be really soft and really quiet and it's going to be his vocal his vocal and they build it up 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 yeah, and every trumpets yeah. and trumpets yeah they do that and they do it over and over again and it's annoying because it's simple but it's effective <laughs> <laughs> um, it's annoying because i'm annoyed that they made me love it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm annoyed at how pre- I'm annoyed at how predictable it is. And in 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 that first track, when they do it and they bring it down to the break, it they break it down. I was like, I want the trumpets back. I really want the trumpets back. <laughs> I was just like, and they come back. Yeah, <laughs> here they are. Um, do like your trumpets. So the, yeah, I do like my. Tr- I'm a sucker for a brass man. There's something about a little brass that I just it really gets me. Um, yeah. Second track. So we, we move on to the flip side. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked, I kind of felt like the opening, this is where it goes, that's that one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt like this one, this was an okay track. Um, I liked the chorus. I liked the way that it kind of broke into the chorus. And I want you, baby. Things I do are best kept out of the light. I, I like, I enjoy, I enjoyed that chorus. Do you know what stood out for me in that song? Um, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. the uh, what is the floor symbol called? Crash? You call it a crash symbol? Floor symbol? The uh, what? The um, the one that will, the one that will typically be on the far right hand side of the drum. The ride. The big ride. Is it a ride, ride symbol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they use the ride symbol, I think, in that song. And he's like, you know, when they hit the very top of the ride yeah. symbol, and it's got that real the, like the light bell. little ding yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that they they use that in there, and I don't know why, but that really kind of stood out to me. I've put rounds that. They've got unoffensive sound to them, these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, track three, follow through. Um, I, mm-hmm. I haven't written much about this track, to be fair. I've just kind of said that I like the way it blends in from two to three, doesn't it? I thought that they did that quite well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and weird, and weirdly, I've written this down. You probably won't get this, but I felt like it had like a Bond-esque. Um, I felt like it had a James Bond-esque style to it like it could have been the way that they use the trumpets yeah you know you okay. know you know in um you know in but like an old bond not not like one of yeah, these modern they, bonds where it's all just what, epic Adele kind of level like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, the way that they use the trumpets it creates kind of like a different vibe um stanky yeah. came back to the red hot chili peppers bass again and i was happy with that because oh, i missed, like missed those one. tracks Downward. Ah, downward. Oh, downward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, downward. I've written. I like quite like this track. Yeah, yeah. Um, it starts acoustic, this, um, kind of laid back, and then it builds really, really nicely. That one. And it's hard for me to explain, but it had a script vibe to it. When it when it builds, it for me it builds like the way I don't know why I just thought of the script. Oh, the band. <laughs> I thought you're like, yeah. It's like a script from a movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was reading this, the lyrics. This track like, reminded me of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, cause it's this love keeps pulling me downward, pulling me downward. Yeah. I don't know why. I just felt like that had a bit of a script, script esque kind of feel to it. Um, it's got a good trumpet solo in it. Again, love a brass, two minutes 15. It's got a very good trumpet solo. Um, I, I would say that downward is my third favorite track on this album. Okay. Little lighters number one. Yeah. Little lighters definitely. Have we come one. up to number two the yet? Best track. No. Okay, cool. Carry on. You can, you, you can have a guess, you can have a guess what it is if you want. I think it's uh, Young Tom Rose, but no, it's not Young Tom Rose. Okay, because that's one of my favorites. But anyway, Stanky. Is it? 
Stanky, back to the Red Hot Chili Peppers thing. To what I liked about Stanky is it had a mo- had a moodier vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It's got a mood. It's got a moodier vibe when everybody, um, when when ev- when some of the other tracks have been all kind of happy, funky, poppy mm-hmm. kind of type thing. Um, I felt like this one had a little bit more mood to yeah. it, which I thought was quite good. Then from there on in, and you might want to, uh, you might want to add more fat on what I'm going to say here. Mm-hmm. Um, I found like the album then took a slower vibe. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes a much slower jam type of album. I think the first, what we got one, two, three, four tracks are very, here we are with something different where there's a bit of a novelty to us as a band. Um, I then found with Passerby, Young Tom Rose, Ladies Night, um, yeah, those three. Can't remember about Beta Mail, but they all became quite slow for me, and I've not kind of I've got the same thing for every of them. Like the only thing I've written for Young Tom Rose is I thought at the start he says waking up in South End because that's where I live, but he doesn't. He says South Bend, doesn't he? <laughs> waking up in South Bend. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I thought I thought he said South End, but for there for me it became it became all a little bit samey. It felt like the novelty of this funk band had worn off, and everything is getting a little bit slower, and it's starting to lose me a bit. If you want to add some more to that, please do, because that might be... Okay, well, I think um, I loved... I you loved, said Young Tom Rose. Old Tom Rose. Old Tom Rose. I love the guitar. Uh, it's classic funky guitar. It's like the... And I loved it. And I love the way that the lyrics are kind of like told a story about this guy, this guy in school who wasn't doing very well. Everybody thinks about um him as like some guy who doesn't try hard he's a little dropout or whatever and um then they he kind of like he kind of speaks as if he's got the responsibility of having to uh look after uh this guy and he says uh the chorus is my man take a take a second for young tom rose he picked a hard long way to go he needs a guiding hand so love him as hard as you can um uh, old Tom Rose he picked a long lonely road he needs help from his friends so love him as hard as you can and I was like I was just like you know by the end of it I was there going like yeah tell me who he is I'll take him out for like a drink or something like <laughs> he, sorry not, not that but like I don't know he seems like you know when young people like there are people who are good at school and people who are bad at school and the people who are bad at school aren't necessarily going to be bad at life but because they had bad time in school and they weren't good at it, they 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 kind of leave with this, you know, rebellious, you know, I I don't conform kind of attitude. But sometimes they just need to have a like just be given a bit of a direction and then they'll be fine. So I enjoyed that. Um I found Yeah. How far did you go? Uh Bit of Mail was I thought it was Cool. I, the only thing that I thought was quite cool it. about Beta Mal was was the spin because he took he says better he, he says beta but it's beta Mal, but he, when he sings he sounds more like it's saying better yes yeah, yeah so so I thought he I thought he was talking about being a better man like B E W T E R and then actually when you read the title of the song again and then re listen to the song again he's talking about being a beta male rather than an alpha male yeah yeah, yeah right yeah. and 
that was something that caught me out because I was like, oh, okay, I thought this was a classic Be a Better Man song. Which um, I I think they might be doing a play on that. I'd like to think so because I, I think that makes the song maybe. a bit better. I enjoy it a bit better. Yeah, that, that's what I've put. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that came around for me. I, I wasn't sure about it. And then um, I think one of my other favourites. Oh no, you haven't got that far yet. Well, for me, Pedro. Pedro is yeah. my second favourite song. I loved Pedro. Like it's it's got a decent. What I liked about the uh, about Pedro is the little drum roll that comes mm-hmm. first. I thought that was quite cool because it's like just comes in with the little drum roll. It's more jazzy. And then it's got really cool. It's it's more jazzy. Is it more jazzy? I I've put like it's for me on the edge of like jazz and ska. It had a bit more of a ska yeah, yeah, feel actually, to it. Yeah. Um, and it. I really liked that. I I really liked the fact it was had that scar, and and again it, it's moody. And when they do that breakdown, it's like, oh no, Pedro, where'd you go? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a very scarry feel. And I thought it was a shame there wasn't more of that mm-hmm. because to me that is that's wicked. Like you, like you could have swapped out of- uh, Passerby or Ladies' Night for for another kind of similar vibe song oh. or something like that. Easy. Okay, okay. I think they've got. I, I. I think they've got a real opportunity. One thing I liked about them mm-hmm. is, I must say, like they could have stuck with what they did at the start, the poppy maroon fivey style, bit of funk. Okay. They could. Have, they could have rolled out an album for that. They didn't. They went for different things. I think the best things are the poppy started. What they start with, and I think what you get with Pedro, which is a little bit more, what I would say, dirty, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit more grisly, a little bit more scary. Um, I didn't the the stuff in the middle, the slower jam stuff. Fair enough, mm-hmm. didn't really grip me. Um, I think as well because for me there wasn't ever anything lyrically that really went boom. Yeah, it's all a little bit like bog standardy. I think. Um, there was, yeah, there wasn't. I didn't think there was anything that really pushed the boat out lyric wise. Um, apart no. from potentially this beta male spin, which seems quite cool. Yeah, but what I would say, like, X Life is the final song. I felt like that felt flat for me. It's six minutes, and I usually like a long song, but I just didn't. I just didn't enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy the final song. I felt like it was too long. I felt like didn't probably didn't really need it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest, okay. but like personally, on the whole. I think like these are a classic Sunday easy listening type band is probably what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when I say that their opening track is is very good. Pedro is very good. What's the other one we said? Um, I said the other one I liked is Downward. Uh, they're my three favorite and you said Young Tom Rose. So I think there's something in there that people have a listen to. I think like, you know, when we talk about 14 Steps to a Better You, there's some real standout tracks in that. And then there's some real, like, uh, not so great tracks. Mm-hmm. With this, I kind of felt like every track hit a level. Okay. Do that makes sense? So, like, every track is palatable, but there's 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 not a hell of a lot apart from track one that you, where you really go, oh, my God, this is a tune. Like, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So, like, everything on the album is to a level, whereas some albums you're like, banger, 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 not great, not great, not great. Mm-hmm. I think everything's palatable okay. on this, and you can listen to the track through, and it's, like, perfect. You get up on a Sunday afternoon, you get you get your avocado on toast and your latte, and you sit not with your dog in... Not coffee, no. Um, and your chai, green tea, pumpkin, oat, seed milk. I'll allow it. And... Um, 
Yeah, and you and you sit and recommend it. But I but I have already recommended this to somebody who also is enjoying it. So oh, I would listen okay. to it again. I would listen to it again. I have recommended it again. Um, would you then let recommend so, it to our listeners? Of course, I'd li- I'd, I definitely would recommend it to listeners, and I would give it to you, Travis, as your second point in Travis Pepper <laughs> versus the Rag. Yeah. <laughs> it's going in, it is, and when it's the Travis Pepper playlist time. It's going in, it is, and when it's the Travis Pepper play. So what did we have? We had Joy in the Wild Unknown. Joy in the Wild Unknown. By Ripe is going to go into the Travis Pepper playlist. So this big contest that has been Travis Pepper versus The Rag is into week, what, seven now? And that's the third album that we've had go in <laughs> yeah. to the playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's now 2-1. It's officially 2-1, Travis. Yeah, yeah. You are in the lead. We have had our second album. Also, while we've been recording this, we've had a text from our um, the, the person that's going to feature on the podcast next yeah, week. Yeah, I've actually we've just had a replied. From our guest. Yeah. She said, what's the date? <laughs> so, <laughs> so she obviously doesn't know when she's coming on. But hopefully um, everything will check out for next week. Um, so yeah, the rag. What has he put? The forward? rag has recommended an album. I will be quick because I know that we're progressively um... being real quick there. Um... <laughs> I can I can I'll, say I'll with the quick. I can say the book whilst you look. Yeah, so the book. Um, I found it. Okay, go on. Oh, go on. Che- do you know? Do you know how to even pronounce this? I don't even know how I meant to pronounce this. Chia Rosoko, C H I A Chia Chia Ross Chiroscuro 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 Fucking hell! We're not reviewing it. We can't even say it. No, I can't even pronounce it. My turn. Chiroscuro by Ocean Alley is what he's recommending. Nice. So that is next week's homework. Plus, we have this special guest that's coming on. Yeah. So next week we are going to be joined by um well we don't really know much about her but we'll be reading her book um <laughs> she's very enthusiastic um so we loved her, her response That's to what our we love yeah we we love we love, we love a can-do attitude so uh yeah she exactly. she messaged uh, asking if we'd be interested in interviewer interviewing an author who wrote a women's fiction novel i said yes we are not women and we don't uh, one of us doesn't like fiction but if you're up for it we will we will do it <laughs> and so she's gonna come on we're going to have the book review. We're going to going to interview her a bit, have a nice chat, and she's going to join us. And hopefully, she will also join us on reviewing something. Um, you had a documentary, uh, uh, an American sport documentary. You want to go with that? I think so. Okay. Well, what was your other option? Cool. Finding Nemo. Uh, yeah, I said Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo was my other option, yeah. I was like... No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Let, Get her to review Finding let, Nemo. Let's just... Uh, so what what i was recommended i don't know how long it is i don't know how many episodes it is it might be a long watch mate. oh is it, um, is it? i've not looked in i've, I've not looked into what was it, it called again it's called it's called killer inside the mind of aaron hernandez oh, it's a TV series. um yeah Oof. so that might be a bit of a longer one okay. to do well in which case there were two other ones so you I, wait you you when you proposed 
Um, mm. The last documentary I watched, yes. you gave me two options. One was sports. Yes. And one was yes. not sports. Social dilemma. So I. Social dilemma. <laughs> okay, social dilemma. So I chose not sports because it's me. Yeah. Maybe we do sports. What was what was that sports one? That. Oh. That sports. He was a he was an American football player. He was an American football player that was winning Super Bowls and he murdered people at the same time. Oh, well, we've spoken so about it. So he was it. a professional. Let's, right. Let let me check how long it is because whether we can get this all done by next week is. Mate, this is going to be an absolute fucking mountain to climb. Exactly. This is, so it's three hours twenty-two. This is going to be a mountain to climb. Three hours twenty-two plus the book plus the album. Yeah, well, I was I hoping have... to get away with just the book and the album this week. Well, in that case, maybe we give the album to our guest. Oh no! You can give her a film, can't you? And maybe if you if you give her a film that you two have seen, I can just sit here quietly <laughs> and you guys can chat about the film. And that'll be a big benefit for all of us, actually. Um, yeah. But I've got give I've her got, one of your films because it's easier to watch. It's half the time as well. well. To be honest, I'll give you I'll give you one of the films as well. It's only small. You like my films? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Let's do it. So next week we're going to have the album Ocean Alley. We'll have her book, which is called Kiss and Don't, don't Kiss sell. and Sell. Kiss and Don't Sell. No, Don't Kiss and, and Sell. Don't Kiss and Sell. The album that we can't pronounce and then a film that I don't know. So that's the shittest end to the podcast because I've got everything named it wrong. I don't know what we're doing next week, but there's going to be a book. What I know is there's going to be a book, there's going to be a film and there's going to be an album. Okay. Right? Let, let, me, let me, let me find, See you let, later. No, let me find the film first. So, Oh, All of our fans can join us this now. in our. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Green Book. Yeah, Green Book. Done. Green Book is the movie. So Green Book, Don't Kiss and Sell, and that album. Ocean Alley, Chikarasu. Chicken Masoo. Chicken, ch ch chicken soup by chicken. Chicken Masoo. <laughs> what's a chicken Masoo? We need. We need to stop before this goes too far. <laughs> right. Yeah. See you, later. see you later. Take it easy, mate. See you next week, pal. Bye, bye. Hey. It's the Travis Pepper Show. Thanks for listening, guys. If you had as much fun listening as we did prating about on record, then tune in next week where we'll do it all again. But between now and then, you can follow us on Instagram by searching Mentoring a Moron. So good luck trying to get that out of your search history.